It's February, and here in DSO Connect world, that means the DSO Connect member vault is open for new members. Join us in this connected community to unleash your greatness as a studio owner. In the member vault, you'll get all the tools that you need to build a successful business. Each month, we give you actionable content to help you run your business effectively and efficiently so you can live a balanced life. What's that? A balanced life? Going home at a reasonable hour? Actually eating three square meals? Amazing. Monthly membership includes video masterclass on a monthly topic, workbooks and templates to help you run your studio seamlessly, a task calendar so you know exactly what you need to be working on each month, done for you social media graphics so you can just add your own logo and schedule the whole month's posts, monthly calls with personal question and answer sessions with the DSO Connect team, and so much more. You get all of this for just $27 a month. That is an incredible value. To learn more and to sign up, head on over to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the membership tab. But don't wait too long, y'all. The member vault doors are only open for the rest of this month. So join today. We can't wait to dive in with you. Welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Robin. How's it going, Robin? What's up this week? Oh, it's going. It's lovely in Florida. So Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying the sunshine and soaking it up. But I had a weird experience this morning. Um, Yesterday was my son's birthday. He's 24, my first son, and um, my my sons are all young adults, and my they are at my house in Pennsylvania with my mother, and um, the, all their girlfriends are there, and my mom is reporting back that it's kind of like this big communal living space where they all kind of come in and they take turns cooking and they they're cleaning up and they're handling the the snow and the salt and all that. And um, everyone's pitching in and everything is fine. And, you know, that makes me feel great. Well, yesterday was my son's birthday and um, we called to say happy birthday and they were sure that, you know, they were pleasant, but they were like, well, we're in the middle of our little birthday party. So got to go. I was like, oh, okay. And then (laughs) I check Instagram and one of the girlfriends posted all these pictures from my son's birthday party in my house, like, you know, you have your own family traditions. And, you know, we sit at the dining room table, and we do birthday cards and cake, and then we do this. And like, these are, and it's like, looking in at my own life, and I wasn't there. It was yeah. so <laughs> I was a little sad, but I was also a little proud that, you know, all these years of saying, this is how we celebrate birthdays in our family, mm-hmm. like they did it without me. And I was sad to not be there. It was my choice to be in Florida, but um, I was kind of proud that they, you know, they did it all without me, but a little sad that I missed it. Oh, well, that's kind of sweet, though. It was weird. How are you, Casey? Oh, I'm pretty good working on my summer schedule, still working towards finding a venue for the show and, you know, all that good stuff. Good. Is it cold in Virginia? Yes. In fact, we got a little dusting of snow last night. Woke up this morning and there was just a a little tiny layer of snow on everything. It was quite pretty. Pretty. Okay. Yes. Pretty, but not like not enough that we have to shovel anything, which is how I like it. (laughs) 
makes you want to just put on another sweater and have another cup of tea. And then exactly, yes. <laughs> so we have a special guest today. We have the wonderful and always fabulous Miss Tracy Wozni here with us. I'm so excited for her. Um, I've actually met Tracy via Zoom a couple months ago. Uh, I heard about her from Amanda in our group. Uh, I think that um, they're they're both in Misty's group together, and Tracy has a leadership program where she trains young people to be student teachers as well as fine young adults, responsible employees, um, and all of that. And, and I can't wait to dive in. I joined Tracy's program and we are just starting to crack it open and, and start getting it set up to launch in the summer. So here we go with Tracy. I'm so excited. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you. I am really excited. I think Robin and I, yes, we had a Zoom call not too long ago and we hit it off. We're kind of made from the same mold. So <laughs> kind of the same amount of years that we've taught and had our studios and then also some of the same values and philosophies. But but yes, I'm really excited to join you guys today. And we have um, some great things I think that I can share with as far as our leadership program and and some maybe some tips as a studio owner for many years. And I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Excellent. How long have you been a studio owner? Going on 26 years. 26 years. And you have multiple locations too. Yes, we have. I'm actually located in rural Missouri. So we're about 100 miles east in Kansas City. And this is my hometown. So I went away for actually in your area, neck of the woods, Casey, out into the northern Virginia. That's where I met my husband. And Definitely um, had a passion for dance. I studied dance and actually gymnastics for many years. Came back to my hometown after I graduated from college and met my husband and started a business because we do not have as as a student of um, you know many years ago. I used to have to drive to Kansas City. My mom would take me there to take classes, and there was never wow. anything in our small local community. So that was a uh, you know purpose and a passion of mine for years. And so yeah, 26 years ago we moved back, and we've been able to offer great consistent education for our kids and in small rural communities and so so um love every bit of it as we continue the journey as dance yes, teachers and studio that's owners. awesome good for you so let me read a little bit about tracy so our listeners get to know her a little better um tracy is an entrepreneur speaker owner of shapes dance and acro studio and founder of taking shape nonprofit organization she has owned and operated four dance schools in rural missouri since 1995 and serves over a thousand students a year in her dance and performing arts programs so that's when you when you boil it down to how many students you impact over a, the course of a year, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. A thousand students a year. We um we feel very grateful. I think you know it really goes back to the team. Of course, just like probably you guys, you're the one man show in the beginning and your mm -hmm. origin, and then you quickly quickly figure out you can't do it by yourself. So that's really kind of how the leadership program came about. But it was something that I just did organically that didn't realize and um, until like four or five years ago. But but yeah, we've quickly, we, we do not have a lot of other studios in our area. And this is something again, that, that our, our like biggest competitors are usually our other sports or activities that our kids can get in. So, right, so the, right. the growth of the amount of kids is definitely, um, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I think that it just has a lot to say, but being able to offer something for children, no matter where they are, whether big cities or, or smaller communities. So we've been very fortunate. And again, kudos to my a great team and great teachers for being able to keep that legacy going for several years. So I think what's really fascinating to me 
is that, you know, in the dance studio owner world, um, mm -hmm. there is sometimes a stigma about and around hiring teenagers or student teachers. And, you know, we've all had that experience where we've heard a parent being critical of our program, maybe in saying, what do you mean you have teenagers teaching? Or they call and they say, is this an adult? Is, is the class I'm signing up for going to be taught by an adult or a teenager? Because I don't want teenagers teaching. And I used to hear that um, now and again, years and years ago. And I like you, I am in a rural area where we don't have access to a lot of, um, you know, adult teachers or professional teachers or career teachers. Mm -hmm. And so we have used student teachers in the past. But after hearing that a couple of times, it really became clear to me that you have to be you can't just arbitrarily throw a teenager into a classroom and say, here you go. No, I, <laughs> I mean, and, and that's not what we're doing at all. And so I kind of implemented my own student teacher training program. But when I discovered yours, I just saw it as a real opportunity to kind of take my program to another level and enhance it even more. So if for, for studio owners that are listening that may already be training teenagers or not training teenagers, I think that taking a listen to what your program is about is going to be really helpful to them and, and maybe open up a, a door, uh, an opportunity for them to, to get on more firm footing with their student teachers and, and lend more legitimacy to their student teacher program. Yeah, I love that you said legitimacy because honestly, Robin, I had that same stigma as I came from. There was a studio when I grew up in my small town and I, the studio owner there had me teaching a lot of her classes. And so I came about it on the way that you said, where a lot of parents, I remember some of the parents coming in and saying, how come she's teaching my class? Cause she is just a high school kid. And as I became a studio owner, that was the one thing that I said, okay, I'm really going to make sure that we, you know, I quickly saw, especially where I'm located, that we were going to have to use the kids that we had in our, and in, in, in my, they, they ended up just being, like I said, organically, the best teachers we had. And so the skill set that they were missing is really where the structure came in. So these kind of started out with just like, what are the values that we're expecting in these kids? And what are they missing? Which some of the things as that we know that this generation misses is, you know, work ethic a little bit, like how do we show up for work? What does that look like? What are some, you know, how do you speak to a parent? How do you, how do you find a substitute? So we kind of took, and then, and again, this has been a, an aha after years of seeing what worked successfully, but what were those missing links that they needed help with the guidance. And I always say with this generation Z, which I'm very passionate about is like, how do we guide them from the side because they don't do well with leading from the top down. And that's really where the leadership program came into. So we, I quickly found out earlier in my years, okay, I'm going to have to, you know, and I shouldn't say have to, I get to now because they are really honestly are some of our best, teachers and 95% of our my staff comes from within. So they have, um, and early in my years, I didn't have this training program. It's just something that we, we just naturally did. And so now adding that structure, um, which we've done in the last five years with our Taking Shake Star Leadership Program and many other dance schools that use it, have something that can give them those guidelines to be able to have a successful program so that you can say, like now my parents are coming back going, oh my gosh, like, like everything from 
you know, we have our high schoolers right now giving parent-teacher conferences and how do we walk through what that looks like with the parent and in a relationship? How does it walk through with like curriculum or lesson plan progression of how you how we do that? And it just sets them up whether they stay with us as teachers or not. Great life skills, right, to go on with. So, so oh my uh, God. I have so many questions about what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shoot them at me. I'm ready. I've been writing notes. So the first thing that jumped out at me is, so you do encourage your student teachers or you, you train your student teachers to deal with parents. Oh my, yeah. I'd love you to, for you to talk about that because okay. in my studio, we usually tell the student teachers to let us handle the parents mm -hmm. um, because yeah. we don't want to put them. We had a situation once years ago where a student teacher, unbeknownst to me, on her own, walked up to a parent and said, I think you should have your child tested for autism. Oh, okay. And <laughs> we were like, no, 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 no. All conversations with yes. parents go through no. us. But I'm interested to hear what... Um, you know, if through your leadership program, how you prepare kids to, to have those conversations. Okay. So that I, I was like you first, I did not have my student teachers go to talk to the parents. This evolved after I'm seeing that this was a deficit in them. And, and again, we, we, any younger generation, regardless if it's Gen Z, which is what we have right now, that we're our students and our student assistants, um, do have a gap in building relationships. They're used to being behind the screen. They're behind, you know, and their 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 language is pretty much, um, you know, through texting or social media. So they have difficulty talking. So that was that was one thing that we have in our leadership program is public speaking, relationships, perspective, the right language. We even have a a, a lesson on etiquettes and man, you know, etiquette and manners, what we say, what we don't say. So it was one of those gaps that I saw in our teaching. Uh, in our assistant teachers. And then I want them to be successful in that. And again, that creates more life, you know, better life skills as they move forward. So it was not initially what we had them do. It's something that we built with being able to have the leadership program with them that they're able to do now. And the neatest thing is they're able to do it successfully. So like one of the examples is this. So we have, well, a little bit different this year of 2020, but we would have your in-house parent observations, right? And the parents would come in and it used to be, of course, a lot of our adult teachers taking command and control of like that, you know, the introduction to the parents. Now we've shifted just little steps at a time. Let you let them be the ones that are introducing, let them make that relationship at the door to like give some genuine feedback. And we started with those little steps. And now it's grown to them because uh, just like you, like there was there was definitely not conversations that I wanted our star assistants or our teaching assistants to have that were high school level. But over the course of our program, they feel really confident. And then that what we want as educators, right? Or as teacher leaders and mentors to them and then to be able to have that skill set to be able to get in front of an adult or them when they are adults to have these conversations. It's something that they miss. But hope that gives you a little bit of insight how yeah. to move into that. The other thing that you said that I, I've never heard anyone say it like this before, and I want to know what you exactly mean by it. You said guiding from the side. Uh huh. What is that? Okay. So it, I, I'm a real freak about Gen Zers. So I do a lot of research on the Generation Z. That if anybody's not familiar with who they are, they're, they're eight-year-olds to 24-year-olds. So Robin, guess what? You're, our kids, are, our own children are in this age, right? So I, um, it's funny because I started researching them, not because they were my students, but because of my kids, because we were having during teenager time, trying to figure out how we're going to identify with this new generation. So 
Um, but this is language that is used frequently with this generation because they have such great characteristics that we sometimes don't, um, like my generation does. I'm a Gen Xer, which is two generations above them, is we think of top-down leadership sometimes. Like, you know, I came from the disciplined, you know, ballet teacher at the bar with her, you know, like, this is the way we're doing it. You get to the bar and put your leotard and tights and hair on the van, and this is how we're doing it. Like, I came from that generation. So it's like speaking a different language. Because they don't really, they, they don't, they, they don't work well with that. So I, what I mean by guiding from the side is, let, let's look together at how we can solve this problem. Let's look together and trying to give them some ownership on some of the decisions that maybe they can make themselves that still gives you the respect and authority as the leader, as the teacher, as a studio owner, as, you know, the, the chairman of whatever that department is you're leading. But giving it's almost like a coach from the side almost mentorship and all the research is uh, that is shown on this generation is to guide them more laterally as opposed to vertically it, they just don't react to that and if we know that we can get creative or creative human human artists right how can we do how can we better equip them so that's that's kind of where that came from guiding from the side that is fascinating because yeah. i see casey like giggling a little bit because i think I was that ballet teacher. Oh my gosh, yes. I was that, shh, be quiet, no talking, where's your uniform, you're in here to work, you know, stand yeah. up straight, close your mouth, right? Yeah. And um, I've, it's interesting because now once I had kids, my, my teaching style changed and I've never thought about guiding from the side, but if I think about how I even deal with my team, I feel like it's guiding from the side. It's like, I don't, I'm not an accountant, so I'm not going to boss you around, I, tell you how to do your job. I'm going to be cooperative with you as the accountant and I'm going to be cooperative with you as the hip hop teacher, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, because I'm not, I don't see myself as like, you know. No. And I think when we come back, we come from, you know, depending on what generation you're from. Now you get into millennials, which is in between what you and I are. And there's a total different Casey's way. Yeah. Casey's a millennial. Yes, <laughs> I sure am. Yep. And there, and those are the majority of the, you know, the staffing that I personally have in my, uh, although we're getting a lot more Gen Zers now, so I'm getting older, but the, uh, it, it is very interesting is they just don't, it's just, the, the the way to lead them right now and the, and the success is so much better like it, it but it does take practice like it does for generations like mine and above it, it's just a different leadership style so yeah i had a term. i had a big shift when i um in my leadership style when i first opened the studio i was very much like okay i am the boss i have to have all the answers i have to know all the things and you know i tell everybody else what to do and then you know, you get to a point where you realize, well, I don't know everything and I can't tell my tab teacher how to teach a traveling time step because I don't know how to do that at all. <laughs> so, oh so when I, when I rearrange my leadership style to be more cooperative and I, and I think, as you said, Tracy, to, you know, lead from the side, it, it created such a better team connection among mm -hmm. my staff and we recently redid our entire curriculum and I had one-on-one -on -one meetings with every single one of my teachers to go through the curriculum, like one level, one class, one page at a time. And we've built now this brand new curriculum that everybody has had a part in. 
And it's it's been such an interesting process to hear their feedback on like, well, that doesn't really work in that level or, well, we really need to teach this step first before we get there. You know, all, all this knowledge that these that my staff has to offer. Well, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, another question I had, and then I'll let you continue on your your role because you're so good at just like laying it out. But I just I, I had to take notes. <laughs> no, write me in, write me in, Robin, write me in. <laughs> Um, do you have uh, young people that you have trained that are now adults who did not choose to leave your area, who maybe are starting, have started families in your community and are like full-time teachers with you? Um, Yeah, many, many. And you pay them benefits and this is like their, like, I'm good with this. This is not a... Yeah, that's... um that has been really, again, pretty much my entire team. So we have, I have our longevity of our staff is over 10 years. So I have many of my higher level teachers, my competitive supervisor that runs our competition teams are my um, director of operations. She's actually from the East Coast. She's a Jersey girl. So we worked on some relationship building there because we had different culture here in the Midwest. So we, uh, so I, I, she was a student of mine for years and has now come in and just successfully, she runs all the day-to-day stuff. Um, so it's been, that is probably obviously in leadership, right? Is when you get to see the, the influence that either your program or your, your why purpose has had on others and just to see, and now their kids are in our program. So it's definitely been seeing that result of, of what leadership and, and then a, a a, a performing arts program, a dance program with the structure and discipline that you get has evolved. I also have a, um, this is a neat little story that I'll throw out to you is that we've, with our leadership program, I, my very first student lives about three hours from me here in Missouri. And she just, as a, as an individual purchased our leadership program and because she has teen kids and she's like, I want to get this started in my area. I see a need for it. My kids have a group of pocket of kids and she's really, uh, she partners with her CrossFit gym. And so anyway, they took the leadership program because of the values and, and the culture that, that was kind of started with her when she was a teacher with us. And now she's a mom and a nurse and she's now just taken this on as like a volunteer project in her community because she sees such value in then well in such the need right now especially through a year like we've had here about like some of these values that these kids just need to be introduced with and, and awareness so so there's a lot of great examples i can probably give you from from that but we do have many kids that have been through our program um as 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 well, they're not even kids anymore they're adults now with children that are that are working with us full time so let's talk the about the logistics of your leadership program. How is it delivered? Do they sign up for a class that's once a week, just like it would be a dance class? Or how is it, how is this information like communicated to your students? Okay, so we started this out as it's evolved over in the last five years, um, you know, definitely evolved differently. But it started out as my teaching assistant program. So I just did it within my within my own studio. And it was like, okay, if my teaching assistants are going to be out teaching, you know, our clients and our families who we love and, um, you know, are growing, we need them to have these values that maybe that they just need more practice in. What I talked about earlier, responsibility, work ethic, 
um, you know, being able to have conversations and, and discipline. And then it started with that. The popularity grew with just in our own little organization. And so then I capitalized into an actual written curriculum. And from there, of course, you know, Robin mentioned my affiliation with more than just great dancing and my coach, Misty Lown. I took that to a national level to where other studio owners, I started out with just like, here's a zip drive of leadership lessons that I'm doing with my kids. And it just kind of snowballed. And I just quickly found that other like-minded studio owners are want, you know, this is why we joined, like, this is why we start our businesses, right? Like we, we love kids. We want to see kids successful. We want to see all the things that come from a dance program, but there's also these other, these other incredible values that we also indirectly give them when they're in our program. So that's kind of um, escalated into the national platform, which we have. So it is a written curriculum. Um, we designed it originally in a monthly format. So it's it's really just like you would buy a ballet curriculum and it's just a leadership curriculum. It has a digital component so that you would be able to download. It, there's two versions of the one is the monthly. And then we launched last year a weekly because we had a lot of our studio owners, youth organizations that are now taking this into the next level, which is a weekly touch. And so we've got a 10 month and a 40 week leadership curriculum and it's downloadable off of your website. You can also, um, we do a national, uh, I teach a national class once a month. So actually this Saturday is our national one where we can get all of our all of our organizations that have our program can come on to a class that I teach, which is a kind of a neat little perk. We have PowerPoints and videos that go with the curriculum. So it's, it, it can be on the digital platform. And then I, we sell the workbooks that go in with the class, but um, that is, that's how we're doing our, our, um, you know, our mission really of taking shape is a leadership is a, a growing leaders here near far. So we do, you know, here, right here in our own communities, like our rural Missouri near being like our surrounding areas and then far globally. And we do quite a bit of work globally as well. Wow. So that's that so cool. That. That's amazing. Um, let's take a quick break right here. And then we will be right back with Miss Tracy. This month, to celebrate our open enrollment in the DSO Connect Member Vault, which we are super pumped for, we're offering a free mini course called the Email List Building Lab. Your email list is one of the most important foundations in your business, and it's probably the most overlooked one. In this mini course, we will walk you through an exact, simple-to-use system to grow your email list for your studio's success. For more information and to sign up for our mini course, be sure to join our DSO Connect community on Facebook and keep an eye out for more information. This email list mini course will be launching very soon. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the DSO Connect podcast. We are here today with Miss Tracy Wozni. So Tracy, tell us about the evolution of of the leadership program and when you decided to turn it into something that you would sell to other studio owners or other organizations. Okay. Well, I'll be real honest. I didn't have the, uh, it was kind of like um, it happened. It just, it wasn't really planned. It was, here's what I'm doing. And I shared it with some of my other studio owner friends and they were like, they just wanted the actual implementation. They just wanted the curriculum. And so I just quickly saw a need and then again, like-minded other studio owners that are, I really feel like that we're just so blessed to be in this profession anyway, because we get, we get the, the amazingness of, of being able to influence kids and then just being able to take what we get from a dance program and the discipline and self-confidence and the relationships, and then just capitalize on adding values that they 
I'm finding when they have that awareness around it, they just are like, they, they get it. So um, in 2015, I went to, um, to we, you know, we, went, we received our 501c3 as a nonprofit because I always had a personal interest to do work globally and to third world countries as far as being able to offer, you know, the performing arts to areas that did not, didn't have access to that. So um, fast forward a little bit, I did a mission trip in Haiti and became very close to a um, pastor that was down there that had some incredible kids that were really great leaders I saw in their community. And we partnered that in conjunction with what we were doing in the leadership program here and just my own in my own studio and and other studios that were kind of like jumping on the bandwagon it just was like I pulled back and said okay we have a bigger vision here to serve we we're serving leaders here near far and um and and currently we have our leadership program in in Port-au-Prince Haiti which is kind of our far platform and a school that we're doing there as well with with several um you know we we do mission camps there that bring in our dancers it's kind of an outlet for kids that are looking to serve on that global platform, which is kind of the, the furthest reign of kind of what our mission is with, with taking shape. So, so it's become bigger. It's just evolved than more, you know, bigger than what I ever imagined it to be, which is really, I think a sign of what we're all called here to do. Uh, and that is to, to be able to influence kids on the, the scale that we can serve, whether it's like just in our studio, which is amazing, or whether it's in our community, whether it's just, you know, in a larger, in a larger, you know, platform and why. So that's you, beautiful. <laughs> do you find that um, having this leadership program has also helped you kind of to coin the, the a term from Clint Salter, um, like super glued your teenagers to your studio um, in the sense that a lot of studio owners will say, um, you know, how do you keep your teenagers engaged? You know, they want to, they, by the time they're in 10th grade or 11th grade, they're just kind of more interested in the football games or, you know, hanging out with their friends and they're losing interest in dance. Mm -hmm. For me, having a student teacher training program has been um, really instrumental in keeping those older teens with me because it's more than just, you know, the same thing every year that they've been doing since they were three. Now they're actually, it's something that's just for the older kids. And it, yeah. and it, it kind of gets them to, to hang on till 12th grade. Do you find that as well? I do. I find that it's, it goes back to value. And I think too, after we've seen a year, like what we've been through, it's, it's come to the surface more how important values are. I think you're seeing that from what your parents Maybe they didn't see that, you know, initially, what, what was the value they were getting out of your dance program. But I think when things were taken away, it quickly came to the surface that, and I think that's really where the, the leadership program has had some rapid success this year, because I think we all figured out like, wow, we need some resiliency and some fortitude and some, you know, like positive self-esteem and like, how can we get out of this? Um, but it certainly has been a, and I think re regardless if you take 2020 off the, off the table, like the, the connection that you're able to offer to, to your client, to your, to your families um, beyond just the dance is what keeps them coming. And again, it just comes back to that same, like the same purpose about what we're doing and not just giving them this incredible dance education, but what's going to help them be more successful as they 
they leave. And sometimes your kids don't resonate with that. But if you, when it's gone and they don't have it, then it's quickly identified. Right. And so I know like you guys probably experienced the same thing. Like when, when, um, this hit in 2020, like when they didn't have anything to go, it's like the dance studios creatively figured out a way most of them to get them to, to have those, those bags, that consistency that they had. So I, to answer your question, Robin, I do think that that has been, you know, having that implemented is, is definitely a value that they don't really expect sometimes after a dance and a dance program. And it's definitely kept those kids in, you know, the longevity, like our, our kids stay with us quite a long time. I mean, and, and whether they are a two-year student or a 15-year student, I will equivocate this leadership program to some of that retention because I also, feel like I not only have they seen the value, but the parents have. Also, I think that given 2020, a lot of the schools are streamlining their extracurricular activities and maybe where kids would be involved in a club or in student council or in uh, the yearbook committee or something, and they would gain leadership skills there. They're not, they're, they're not getting that. They're not right getting now. it, yeah. So this is, this, to me, that makes this even more of a necessity in our, in our dance studios because we can reach these kids outside of the school and they're not getting they, maybe they're not getting it as much as they would have prior to, to 2020 in yeah. their schools. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I think too that, you know, in when you, you know, the dance studios are pockets of people that want to be together. They're coming to your class because they want to be there. So they are very, you know, you're usually getting those like-minded kids that do the same thing. So you add that on top of their, their connection that they already have. Whereas sometimes in the school systems, they may or may not. Now, maybe if it's a club or an organization, there's definitely been inconsistency, unfortunately, in those, in those, some of those other structures where I think us as dance studio owners, have been for the most part. Now, I certainly know that we've all been hit differently throughout the, you know, throughout the world, really, not just the United States, but that consistency and then being able to have that connection that they already have has definitely been able to, you know, has been the result of the success has been a result of that, I think, in those two combinations. Do you get students in your leadership program that you wouldn't serve in your dance program? Like, kids outside of your okay so it didn't start out like that because again I started it as just like okay if you want to be a teaching assistant with us you're going to take leadership class I was kind of like we were Robin at the beginning if you want to do this then you're going to do that and then it evolved after really just seeing results um not only just from parents like wow I see a difference I like that my child is learning how to do an interview or a resume or speak to people then it got to be well teachers in our community were really noticing you know, what these kids were able to do. Um, and now we have several kids that are in our community. We serve a lot of things, or a lot of organizations be outside of the dance studio. So our local YMCA, uh, boys and girls, our big brothers, big sisters in greater Kansas City, we do a lot of partnerships with them. Um, and then we are our, our mission camps and we do we're leadership mission camps. We do two a year. We have so many kids that are from the outside. Um, there are definitely studio owners and some of their students, but we also have a lot of high school kids or college kids, of course, because of the relationships that my own kids have have had um, going on our trip. So it's just kind of, again, that snowball or ripple effect of kids now that are knowing about what we do that are, are reaching out and becoming involved in the program. Can you give us an example, just so we 
kind of get an inside look of like what a lesson might look like in this yeah. program. Yeah. So usually they're done in hours. Like I teach my class in an hour. And now that we do it weekly though, on our schedule, it's a 30 minute. So I'm taking a snippet. So we have come in with a discussion. So I'll give you an idea of topic. So right now, this last week we did, uh, we're on the unit of love. So our curriculum is divided into what we are, our, our foundation of our five points of the star, which we feel makes a solid leader and it's trust, serve, love, excellence and growth. So we are on the unit of, of love right now and like loving, you know, love and kindness and then also loving ourselves. So we have a dial into social media right now and compare and contrast as kind of our discussion topic. So we've written the program or the program is written into two different age groups. I quickly found that the one size fits all does not work with these two different ages. And um, so we have a junior level, which is eight to 12 year olds and a teen level, which is 13 and over. Your teens, which you'll be surprised about, are they really don't have these outlets to discuss. So we have a lot more discussion based in those classes, a lot of topics. And we can sit there. I remember my first year doing this, like I could not get them to leave the I mean, they didn't have the outlet to talk. So those are like more discussion based, more activity based for the younger ones. So an hour class or a half an hour class would be an introduction to the lesson. Sometimes I'll show them a video. Sometimes we'll just go right into discussion. There's a workbook that follows it. It can either be done on the digital download, which is kind of like, you know, Robin, I, I know you got the actual handbook and the digital. So we can give work. We can just give a PDF print to them or they can follow along in the workbook if they have it. There's some uh, question and answers, and then we do an in-class activity. So um, on this social media one, we're actually going on to social media and we're looking at some of those messages that we have and like, what is the perspective maybe of that age that's looking at that? Like, is that, what kind of is that emotion? What is the, you know, the perspective of what those kids that would, you know, in an in-class activity. And then some of them, um, depending again on which class I'm teaching, we do have a homework session. So if it's taught where they would, you know, teachers like I've got some of my groups that don't require the homework, but that's really kind of how it works in that format, whether it's a half an hour or an hour class. We're going to be, um, I don't know how logistically it's all going to flesh out, but we're offering it um, as a summer camp. Yes. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a week-long camp and we're going to teach your leadership curriculum in the mornings. And then in the afternoon, the participants will break off into different, um, different, um, what are they called? Um, subgroups. So for example, if you're going to be a student teacher in our dance program, you would go over here and learn mm -hmm. how to be a student, like, how to actually do that job. And we may have student teachers who are going to be training to be piano teachers. So obviously they're going to separate out and then we'll have our gymnastics or our acro group. And then we also have a theater group. So um, we presented this in our community as a leadership camp and we are getting so much response. Now for my dance program, I would not have an outside non studio kid be in my dance program teacher program, but I do need those high school kids to uh, work in our acro gym. And also you've got lots of kids in high school, in the local high school who are good musicians or, you know, thespians. So I'm, I'm hoping to draw some new friends into the circle. Absolutely. Uh, the leadership program. And I, I, I betcha it also looks really nice on their college applications. If they can say that they've completed this, you know, 
um, your certification or your your curriculum. Is right. there a, cer- a certificate or something that they get at the end or something like yeah, that? Yeah, we actually have like an affiliation certificate. It goes to the actual studio. So our curriculum really is just, it's kind of like your ballet curriculum. Like we just feel like that is ongoing. And as they progress, we continue to write, you know, more content. And so we will... I know that the preschool content is will launch in 2022. So I've quickly found that the ages two to, you know, we have to have a strong foundation at, at the very beginning. So that will be a two-year-old to seven-year-old curriculum, but we're adding different components to each one. So we went from the monthly to the weekly, and now we'll just take those certain deep dives and add more into the content. But yes, they will, every studio has an affiliation certification, and then they can use that affiliation, you know, um, logo emblem to be able to produce certificates for their kids but you're at it's it's so true because a lot of kids this is a great resume builder anybody any university any college any you know um into the workforce to be able to put this on their resume is a is is going to be a huge stepping stone i believe in in their depth of their their resume report so parents are very focused on that i find oh boy are they ever yeah yeah (laughs) so i think uh yeah, again, I love how you're going to do that, though. I think, you know, the summer camp idea and I do have a couple other organizations that are doing that. It's also great to to get that as the the, the plant the seeds and feeder too. like, OK, so let's see how this is going to go. And I have one of my friends that did that and she's in the Toronto area in Canada and she did the same thing. And that's how she started to build her program, put it on her summer schedule. Here's a week camp or leadership camp. And again, I think um, really you know, those of you that are listening out there in your podcast land, like if you are looking for an ancillary area or again, another another avenue for your studio right now, leadership and core values and bringing it back um, is is a hot, hot purpose right now. We, we all need to be on that purpose train, but that's it's just really resonating with a lot of people now. And you could reach out to or a studio owner could reach out to say the high school music uh, teacher, music director, mm-hmm. and point out that um, by them referring their advanced musicians or their more skilled musicians to your leadership program, it circles back because what we're doing is we're teaching the five and six year olds, the seven mm-hmm. and eight year olds who eventually are going to be their high schoolers. And so when they come into the high school, they will already have a head start on their musical training or their you know, their acting or whatever it is that benefits the high school director to influence them or encourage them to send you referrals. And I actually have had the music director at our local high school um, send me a few a few names already. So I, I think that that's a that's a really good um, point to make that it, it does cycle back and it does benefit the high school as well. That's that's the whole like that your bingo on that, Robin, because that's that's it. You know, it's it's not only a win win for everybody, but that's really what the whole 360, you know, yeah. here, near, far, like what we're here for. And I think that it all helps, whether it's a school system, whether it's another youth organization, whether it's, you know, generation after generation is just the bigger vision that we're all here to, I mean, to, to make it better, like to, to create these leaders that are going to be influencers of others. And um, I think that's a great explanation of that. I have one last question for you, unless Casey has more, but um, this kind of circles back to when we were talking about your students that have graduated from your program and are now adult teachers, um, like lifers at your studio. How do you make that type of a career path appealing or seem 
seem appealing to young people when they're in high school and they're looking at going to college or, you know, a lot of my teens are looking at colleges and looking at where they're going and they, they, there's a sense that leaving our small town Mm -hmm. is what you're supposed to do. And how do you say, Hey, a career at EMC could, or at, you know, Miss Susie's dance studio could be actually a really good opportunity as well. Like how do you present that? That's a really awesome question. And I think there's definitely this stigma that we all have about being, you know, the starving artists going into the dance world. And, you know, I remember parents, you know, my, my mom saying, okay, well, what are you going to, what, what's going to be your backup plan if you don't go to dance? And then what are you going to do? Why, why would you want to come back to this small community? So I think to answer your question, I think a couple things. One is leading by example. So they're probably seeing you as a successful studio owner to be able to equivocate like this could be that, you know, this could be very um, purposeful and successful and like what's wrong with, you know, with moving back into your hometown or having a great life and something that you love to do, which is dance. So I had, you know, earlier, I would say that was kind of a fight because I didn't, you know, I almost had the same mentality where like, I want you guys to be able to fly, go do what you're going to do and then maybe come back. Well, my, you know, my mindset's kind of shifted a little bit because I think we're, we're not only dealing with a generation that's very purposeful, driven more so than generations before, but they're very creative and they're very entrepreneurial. All right. Mm-hmm. And then I know we have to be careful of that because I've seen so many studio owner stories of their teachers or their kids coming out and then going into opening up studios. Right. So I think there has to be a great balance between the trust level between the, the teacher and the or the business owner and the student and the teachers that are within it. So that culture and that whole like, you know, heart is, is built on trust um, and to be able to, to just start planting seeds. So I think to, to give them the example that we're leading to be able to show them what is uh, capable there and then get them to see what, what, what could be like create your, vision of what could happen if you move back here and, and show them some of the things, the freedom, the, the, the choices that you get to have and to be able to be um, something that you love, which is dance. So I yeah. see it a lot differently now and it's in conversations that we have. Um, but I also make sure I'm seeding it early because we do have it. And it's very common, like you said, in your area where we have a lot of kids that, you know, we call it the, what is it? The little fish in the big pond syndrome. That they try to get out there and then they quickly come back. Um, so I think it's good for the, in the planning stage. We do that in the leadership uh, curriculum, like, okay, what, what kind of is your vision or your goals and how are we going to get that? And then why, you know, that stigma of like, don't move back to your hometown. Why not? Look what this, what, look what we've been able to provide. Look what other people like use other people in your community too. So I have a yeah. lot of people in my community that left and came back and are doing successful businesses and all of them are way younger than I am. So I like yeah. to use those examples. And if you can offer um, benefits and a, a, a nice solid salary, then yeah. what's the difference between, you know, working at a, a, at your local dance studio and working at, I don't know, a Dunkin' Donuts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what's funny though, is that, that because this, this uh, group of Gen Zers are very entrepreneurial, when they get to, if you can use that as a, like, kind of like a, um, a gear shift to like really get them to think of like what could be because they like to design their own life and they like to be able to have that life balance 
And, and I think if they, the more active that they are, if they're in your assistant training program or whatever they happen to be is to be able to, to see that and, and show them the design of what can be. Cause m- mostly in this industry, everybody's thought of as part-time workers, right? It's something that you do. And that can be very perfect job for them to do too, that they go off to college and be a nurse or whatever, and they can still be part of the studio. I feed a lot of that too, because we don't have like a bunch of full-time jobs right now, but you can create that. If you know, everybody, everybody on our team really is self-employed. Like you have to think of it like that. Like you are creating what you could be. So if you want another, you know, you got great ideas for another outlet for competition teams, or if you have a great idea for like a preschool, you know, those are some of the things that came from team members within us to be able to create their own, you know, their, their work. So. Wow. I have so many ideas. Thank you so much. There were. So- oh, you're so welcome. I could, you know, so even if we weren't doing podcasts, I'd just sit here and talk to y'all for days. Cause I get excited when there's other people that, I mean, which there definitely is like just their understanding what, you know, just the, the, the open playing field that we have as dance educators to what we can influence out there. And it's so exciting to see because the momentum is gaining. Absolutely. Very cool. So Tracy, if people want to learn more about your leadership program and how to use it at their own studios or at other organizations, where can they find more information? We are, of course, uh, website is takingshape.care. So takingshape.care, which is a little bit different at the end. We also are on Facebook. So like us on Facebook and um, my own personal uh, website and contact information is Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y-W-O-Z-N-Y.com. And I'd love to connect with you guys. Anything that, that we can do to continue this mission of Grace and the Great Leaders, I'm all for it. So reach Great. Out. And we will put those links in the show yeah. notes as well. Before we go, we like to end on a high note. So Tracy, can you share with us something that has made your heart happy in the last week or so? Oh my gosh, I think you asking me to be on this podcast is make my heart happy because we're going to be able to reach out beyond, you know, sometimes you get into your little niche. And I think that that just shows that there's such a opportunity of expansion to do the, to do what we're here on this earth to do. Right. Oh, so yay. That's kind of been, been my, my big positive note. So, and I thank you guys for having me. And I also thank you for the great work you're doing out there. Oh, the thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Robin, how about you? I think for me, it's been, um, you know, being in Florida, I, I'm working every day, but seeing my team back at home doing their jobs like champs and, and sending me little email notes about, you know, this student teacher is doing a great job or this person really stepped up and, and took control over a situation. Um, we're also doing our personnel reviews via Zoom this week. So I'm getting to meet one-on-one with my team and just being really proud of what they're doing um, in my absence. And um, yeah, I think that just a warm, fuzzy feeling about the studio this week. That's awesome. Oh, how, how rare it is for our studios to be warm and fuzzy like that. <laughs> well, I feel like normally they are, you know, there's lots of joy and love in our businesses. 2020 has just been a little rough because yeah. everyone edge and everyone has an opinion and a complaint and I feel like there's there's really been some division but um, when you focus on the the love and the positives then helps soften the blows when you get one of those whammy of an email yes (laughs) they focused on the right things that's right 
Exactly. Uh, let's see. My heart happy moment. Um, something so simple. I, I bought a bunch of like desk organizing paraphernalia and just got to got to my my home office space and you know really organized it and and relayed everything out in a way that actually gives me more working space and it I don't know just like color coordinating organization tools really make my heart happy <laughs> well it looks beautiful your office looks great well thank you <laughs> isn't it all right well tracy thank you again so much for being here it's been so wonderful to talk with you and learn more about your program well thank you very very much appreciate it all right don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast and we will be back next week thanks everybody bye 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 Real quick before we go, I wanted to share that Tracy has a special offer just for listeners of our podcast. It is a coupon code for $50 off her leadership program if you purchase in the month of February. Go to her website, takingshape.care, and use the coupon code DSO50. Again, it's takingshape.care, and the coupon code for $50 off is DSO50, but that code expires at the end of February, so get a jump on it. Thanks, y'all. Listen up, y'all. We've got dates and a location for the 2021 DSO Connect Retreat. We've booked an amazing house in beautiful Cape Coral, Florida for July 23rd through 25th of 2021. We're going to have a virtual option as well for folks who aren't super comfy with traveling just yet. So whether you're joining us in Florida or joining us from your living room, mark your calendars. Again, it's July 23rd through 25th. We've got some great things in the works for this year's retreat, and we're going to be releasing more information soon, so stay tuned. But in the meantime, you can grab a replay of our 2020 retreat. The virtual retreat includes amazing business content, including studio reset, marketing and social media, developing your inner leader, building community, and getting the most out of online platforms Kajabi and Trello. Plus, there's great teacher training content that you can share with your staff, like honing your teacher's eye for ballet, building your tap curriculum, jazz fundamentals, contemporary and improv for the young dancer, building a solid structure for hip hop, and so much more. Catch up on all the amazing, juicy content from our 2020 retreat for just $197. Go to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat Replay tab to grab yours today. And don't forget, mark your calendars for July 23rd through 25th for this year's DSO Connect Retreat in Cape Coral, Florida. See you there.